disengaged <laughs> since <laughs> since Blink. Story, did you? Stop! The stop episode twelve, me. the saucy episode. Oh, so much dicks. To say. Oh god! <laughs> All thirteen. <laughs> oh no! It's bigger on the inside. Is it? I've Hello everybody, my name is Ringo and welcome to episode 12 of Bigger on the Inside. I am joined at, I am joined as always with the delightfully sadistic bastard who hates Donna and the other song. Nickname everybody! Yes I do. Well, I don't really hate Donna, but I just, I just find pleasure in, in More, making other people, uh, other humans cry. <laughs> so yeah, you have a terrible terrible voice. Anyway. And is as it? always, uh, a special guest who isn't really a special or guest since he's been lost for a little bit now, but he's still great. It's GFX. Hey, <laughs> still hating you for last time. That's right. just—it's just getting mean now, you know. I'm just <laughs> I'm feeling sorry. the depression Ta come on. How has how has life been for you guys since we've last chatted? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like a, a simultaneous just. <laughs> Um, Let's just say later nights and oh, sorry, never mind. You go, you, you do your thing. You do you. <laughs> later? No, no, I want to hear the end of this. Later night, what? Yeah, go on, Mister Fax. Yes, please go on. Go late it. nights and starting fights. That's. Ooh. Ooh. Connor is my name. Stealing. Tardises is my game. Oh. So, yeah. He just did a thing. Don't ever go into rapping, buddy. Don't ever go. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Nickname, how's your how's your life been? Uh, less violent than Connor's. I can put that. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, not much. Um, just I had exam week last week, and I'm just now just winding down from that. So preparing for the fails. I mean the, the passes. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, but How yeah, it? so it's just relaxing now, just, just easing myself in. Easing I've yourself? Had, I've had more time to watch this episode <laughs> than I did Thin Ice, and Thin Ice has been out for a week longer, so... Wow, okay. Um, yeah. how's our Mother's Days been, fellow mothers of the... Um, I think that's a grand title of none, but I guess for our mothers, I would say pretty well good. We, um... Just did the usual pizza and, uh, you know, mm. just watching shit on YouTube. And I think that's, like, if that's how you spend your Mother's Day, that's a pretty solid Mother's Day. That sounds like an amazing so. Mother's Day. Mm. Mm. How about you, Mr. Nickname? Um, well, we have a family tradition of... So I, I give my mother uh, my presents to her uh, before lunchtime. And then for lunch, we normally go over to my nonna's house. Um, yes, I am part Italian. At my shop what? Bit, <laughs> yes. Um, to hear first. Uh, so yeah, I go to my nonna's for lunch, and then I go to my uh, Australian grandparents for dinner. Um, and yeah, 
and that's that's been the tradition for the past ten years or so, and it's a tradition that I think will be there. Hmm. All right. Well, if all is said and done, I think we should probably move on to what we will be discussing in this episode. And as always, we were going to begin with the newest episode of Doctor Who, which is Knock Knock. Mm, All right, so before we head into specific thingos, what were our general thoughts of this episode, starting with uh, facts? Go Connor first, yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't worry, I was going there. General thoughts, Mr. Facts? (laughs) (sighs) David Suchet, more please, just more, please give me. That was such good acting. Mm, 10 out of 10. (laughs) Would watch again. I agree. (laughs) Is that... Is that all? The summary of my... Th- well, look, I, it, we're, we're going over general stuff now, but basically, characters and the acting on this in this episode was just really top-notch for the series so far, well, at least Series 10, um, and I feel like this is a much better step up than past episodes, and I would probably say it's the, fav- the favourite of the series so far for me, so, yeah. Well... I'll I'll let Nick then continue off on that. What do um, you think? I, I agree with Connor in that David Suchet's performance is most definitely the best part about the episode. But I feel like I'm the Connor of the episode. This has been my least favourite of the series. Really? What? Okay. Well, we'll go into why you think that later, I suppose. But mm. I like to say right now that I, for once, ag- agree with Connor. Um, as of these four episodes, this has been my favorite one. Then I slowly following that one, but yeah, I think, you know, David Suchet is obviously the the the. He, I'm so glad he didn't get minimal screen time. Like I, I think he got a good amount to show us why we need him in everything, ever from now on. Um, we'll go into story and and monsters and stuff soon, but yeah, I think Suchet was a huge selling point, and he delivered. So. Now, I'm going to twist things up a little bit, because I can. We're going to start with the negatives first. Then we're going to move on to the good stuff. And then, from there, we'll see what happens. So, I'm going to start. I'm curious. I'm going to start with nickname. What were Mm. the main negatives you had for this episode? Okay. This is interesting, because I was going to go for the positives first. Yeah, I I twisted it up, because I'm different, y'all. Okay. um, I'm just trying to think. Well... My first, it's it's a weird negative, but it's a negative I need to address in the first place. Mm-hmm. When did the sonic screwdriver stop not working with wood? Because the entire house is wood, and yet he somehow is capable of using it to determine this, what is going on. This is a good question. I just, I don't <laughs> understand when <laughs> when this <laughs> happened. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, that's, that's a thing now. I'm like... Just deal with it, you know. You're screwing with canosity. Is it canosity? Canonity? Canosity? Canon. Canon. Yeah, you're screwing with <laughs> Doctor Who canon right now. At least at least make it seem like there was a point prior where he's, I don't know, fixed it or something like that. It just felt so odd and confusing. Mm-hmm. But, um, so yeah, that was, that was a, that was a, that's a minor negative. Thank goodness. For me. If that was um, the main spite with it, then I was going to say... Another negative I had was in regards to the dryads. I really didn't understand how the dryads worked. Like, can it, can someone explain to me how the dryads are capable of making knocking? 
I feel like that was sort of a... I'm not sure how exactly, but to me it felt like that was just a, a spook effect. Like, it didn't really have any real tie-ins with their actual goals or abilities. But that was the whole, that was the whole draw Obviously, of the episode. Yeah, the episode's like, called Knock Knock. They obviously the drew time. that in with the audio enhancements and all that, but in actuality, it was just a, a scary mechanic. I don't think I actually had, unless, unless I haven't done my research properly, but it didn't really have a strong tie-in with the actual story or anything. It was just a, a sell okay. point. But, Mr. Facts, do you have uh, anything... I think on that note, I think it's more of a mimic ability. So it's like the whole communication thing back in series eight with um, the boneless, how they sort of like Morse code five, you know, they sort of use Morse code to say the number five, which was the jacket of some person. So the knocking is just a mimic effect. It's just like knock, knock. And it goes, oh, that's a thing. So knock, knock back. And then it was just like knock knock over here. <laughs> That's a funny joke. And the triads or whatever they call or whatever they are called, the woodlice or I don't know, triad sounds better to be honest. But yeah, I think they're just making noise for the hell of it. Rather than any real meaning. Well the thing is, right, if you if if we are basing it on the fact that they're using mimicry, and that's fine. Why is it never used afterwards? It was just for me the only only time that happened was when um, they just did the knocking around the room. It just, <laughs> I as I said, I believe the whole purpose of it was just to show off the novelty of the binaural audio, and that's fine. But I wasn't listening to it in binaural audio, and even if I did, I don't think that excuses. <laughs> yeah, I heard its inclusion. It. I watched this episode a couple of times, and the first time. Um, was with the binaural, and it was it was cool, but I don't think it was worth having that those entire bits for it. But it was still very nice to hear, I suppose. It was, yeah, it was cool. But you know, I, I agree. I don't think the name, the the next time trailer had like basing this all around knock knock just for that. I don't think it was ideal, but it was still cool. So I'm not going to draw it down that much for that. But, um, anyway, what other negatives did you have, Mr. Name? Okay, so, I, this is kind of a positive going into a negative. Okay, so, okay, fair enough. Harry's death, um, when he gets taken over by the Dryads, that was genuinely shocking. But, upon reflection, that just disappoints me more, because it shows that, that there are some horror elements that do work in this episode, but I don't think it just... I don't think it goes far enough to make this a scary episode. Something like Blink or Midnight, for that instance. Mm -hmm. It's just, for an episode that's hinged around being the scary episode of the season, it just wasn't really scary. And that's just, that's just disappointing for me. Just, as a person that was just really going in, hoping for a scary episode, it's just... It, it was just frustrating for me. I know that's probably not a negative, but it just... <laughs> I, I don't like being disappointed in a Doctor Who episode. Put it like that. I have something similar to what you're saying in, in my negatives. So I don't feel like you're... You know, there's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with what you said. I have something similar. So I definitely see where you're going with that. Um, I have a couple more negatives. Yep. So Eliza. Okay, I like how they... Uh, made Eliza 
But she's not scary either. And it kind of ties into <laughs> the previous point. But she's not scary. I genuinely laughed when I saw her for the first time. Just, I, it was so weird because I was the only person in the Whovians crowd that just outright... Oh, <laughs> that would have been really funny. <laughs> um, it's just a shame that I don't actually show the audience um, interactions prior because there are some really funny like moments of reactions to the to the initial watching of the episode. But um, mm. yeah, no, it's just it's just Eliza in general. It's just. It just wasn't scary for me. <laughs> and I feel like that just adds on to the, the previous point I made. Um, also, tying into Eliza again, the daughter being the mother twist. Just, it was so predictable. I just, as soon as you said 70 years, I'm like, there's no way that that's, that's no way that that's possible. If he's, as he is, he has to be the son, and therefore that's logically going to be the mother. But my problem isn't necessarily the twist. It's the fact that it made the story unnecessarily convoluted than it really should have been. It should have been a straightforward horror story, but the twist just added nothing, in my opinion. You could have just made it the same dynamic, just have it be honest about the whole mother-son thing. And I don't think much else really changes with that. So fair enough. Yeah, it's just it felt unnecessary. Um making every one of Bill's friends come back removed any tension that was caused throughout the episode. It's just it was a it was a cop out ending. It's it's smile all over again. <laughs> And I criticise Smile for having a shocking ending, and Knock Knock is exactly the same in regards to it. I don't understand why, but I don't know. It's just it's just annoying to me. Um, and the other, and this is probably this is probably the worst part about the episode for me. I feel like the relationship between Bill and the Doctor sort of devolved in this episode. Just. Bill was always very dismissive over the Doctor, and considering this is a person that's done <laughs> so much stuff in the past three episodes, only to want to shoo him off, even though she clearly knows there's something off with this house, just, it felt not really out of character, but it just, it started, it hurt the relationship in a way that I didn't expect and I didn't like either so um yeah those are my what was it, seven negatives <laughs> all right Connor sorry sorry Nick um, yeah it's all good um Mr. Fax do you have anything to add on to him in terms of negatives well I, I mostly agree with what he said about um the ending being a bit hokey and um uh, son dad twist being a bit predictable but not to, not that it was just predictable but it was kind of lame it wasn't sort of like somebody i was fully expecting the lice to actually be inside david Suchet's character and he's actually just a perfected version of a pre preserved human um but yeah it was kind of like the ending 
had a lot of shitty payoffs and it was, you know, it felt too much of a cop-out. That being said, what the fuck happens to the rest of the crew? Do they, like, stop looking for a house or something? Or do they just go on and sort of like, oh, well, that's that's it. Our house is over. Let's go back to living with our parents <laughs> now. Because, you know, that, that seems like... That seems like something that you could actually answer later in a Doctor Who episode. Like, um, Bill's now moved out with his characters. And speaking of them, I felt that the characters were kind of boring. Like, they're just stereotypical, and they didn't... They weren't fleshed out as much as Bill, the Doctor, or David Suchet's character. And Eliza was given a very rough treatment, just from you know, a, a plot perspective. She's shuffled in at the last sort of 10 minutes of the episode. And it felt like, um, like I, I give credit to David Suchet because his character's motivations were very underdeveloped. Like it felt a bit like, oh, he's the son and he's trying to protect his mother this entire time. And it felt like that, wasn't complex enough of a reason for him to be going around and murdering people every 20 years or something, but credit to him for paying it off so well. Yeah, sorry, what was up with that? Did they ever explain the 20 years thing? Like, I feel I, like that's an obscure number. I, I think it's just a, like a random sort of something to give the feeling that this has been going on for a while and you know they're just finding every 20 years because that's how long would lice take to digest five or six people i don't know i mean that's probably why they came out of the house so quickly but even then it was like yeah and i'll probably say one other thing is that the doctor he got, uh, like, he got, it was characteristically curious, but he was almost sort of, like, oblivious to everything. And I, I don't know if I'm okay with that being Peter Capaldi's Doctor, because uh, it's happened before with, like, Matt Smith and David Tennant, and it's just a thing that the Doctor does, but I, I would rather have a smart Doctor than a dumb Doctor, and it gets a bit tedious after a while. So yeah. Well, as far as my negatives go, you guys have covered most of it. But there's one thing that I found was a bit, you know, weird, and I wasn't a big fan of was the very start of the episode. Um, I don't know. I just I didn't. I think that was this the coldest, coldest, cold open we've ever had. And I think, you know, just we've, we've suddenly been thrusted to a group uh, Bill's friend who we have no idea existed before this episode. And then the way they, they looked for the apartment and all that, I thought that could have been done heaps better. It could have actually probably gotten rid of some of that stuff. But that's a really minor one because you guys have discussed all the major ones. Yeah. But yeah, no, as far as negatives go, I don't have anything else to add. So on that note, let's be happy and talk positives. <laughs> oh, but I'm in a sad mood now. You are in a sad mood. This is the point I wanted to bring you up and force you to talk talk happy thoughts. What do we think, guys? Happy thoughts on this uh, episode. Y- do you want to go first, or? Oh yeah, I'll say a couple of my favorite bits of this episode. I 
this is all like negative laying on to a positive. I thought I both agree and don't agree with what you. S so the the end the end reveal, I agree was a bit out there and, and weird, but when Davis Suchet and this is just a positive for Davis Suchet when he teared up and realized that you know this is it this is over, I felt so just emotionally scarred. Like, w when he hugged Eliza and, like, was just tearing up. Whenever he teared up, just not even crying or talking, whenever he, I just saw a tear in David Suchet's eyes, I actually felt emotional. And that's just, like, I don't know how, but that was just uh, w one of the first times I felt strong emotion in Doctor episode for a while. Even though Eliza looked freaking stupid, I, I, did, I did also start laughing. I was also a bit scared of her <laughs> because of how, bo how weird she looked. I'm like, oh, right. Okay, yeah, this is this is it. Um, so let's try. Th I'm trying to think. That was my main my main positive. I think David Suchet is just the best thing about this episode. I love how you could both pin him as like an innocent, kind old man, but also yeah. at the same time with the same actions, he's also like the, the most creepy, haunting guy ever. Yeah. And also, I feel like uh, even though the, ca the 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 supporting cast in terms of the housemates were not the strongest characters. I did love the chemistry between them all, especially when, um, and this is thanking Capaldi, but when they played Little Mix, I think it was a Little Mix song, and Capaldi, and, and, and the Doctor just starts like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I, I know the songs, yes, this, this is great. And I just chuckled at that. <laughs> I think it's, it's just, it's just those connections, and, and then when, because when some of them recognised him as the lecturer and all that, I thought, you know, it was it was good, and I was I'm confused as to a, I have a question now since I was going to talk about the, the group. What was meant to happen to the ones that were there in the past? So the 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 people who are who who are who are currently living as the house. The the, the, now they're all the dead past now. groups. You don't, yeah. don't worry about them. They're just all dead. Digested. You know? <laughs> Digested. That's why Dude. every twenty years, I reckon. I hope that, like. If they could bring these guys back, it I was hoping they'd be some... for them to fully digest. And too <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping they just, you know, if they're gonna do the do the everybody lives, then come on, that, that's the everybody lives. But no, well, it's not because sorry, yeah, continue. no, no, continue. Um, well, do they they don't explain why it's six people as well? Like in every case, it's always mm. six people because they have six rooms. I don't understand. Like they don't even die in those six rooms. It's just. It's such a peculiar number. <laughs> like, what if there are only four? Does he have to wait until there's two more people before he'll take them on, or...? Yeah. That's, I don't know, it's just... A lot of weird, like, just... <laughs> the, the plot for me just doesn't make sense. Yeah, there are a lot of numbers that are just numbers, and you're trying to figure out why, but really there is no why. It's just it's just numbers. But, um... And my last positive in terms of... I, I wasn't, you know... I was I was really um, interested in what this monster would be, and when it revealed to be freaking lots of teeny little bugs, I shat myself. Because if there's one thing that I don't know how you guys feel about this, but if I saw an army of you know little bugs coming out of a specific point, I'd be I'm scared shitless. It's it's one of my major fears, and this this episode definitely got me there, even though I feel like some of the you know times when the uh, the, the housemates were digested by the bugs who were a bit weird. I still thought we had some pretty good monsters on our hands this episode. 
Um, but okay. I'm gonna. I want your inputs on this. One of my favorite parts of this episode, um, which I'm gonna cheat and jump to now, was the ending, which I feel yep. like we should probably quickly go over because that ending reminded me of something, and I hope it reminded you guys of something. Um, and that was Sherlock and Euros in that scene in, um, with the with the violins. Did that give you a vibe at all? Hula crossover confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> now we just need Dean and Sam to do something, and then, and then you got the super Hula. <laughs> yep, it's a it's a thing. It's a what do you guys think of that ending? They're just cramming um, cramming vault down our throats. What a what a troll of an ending. Oh, <laughs> it killed me, <laughs> Such man. Such a tease. <laughs> Such a giant tease. And we still learn nothing. Well, Not people could say, oh, but that it, it seems to prove that that's the master more. I'm like, no, it doesn't. I mean, that's what they—that's what they're expecting you to think. With the whole, you know, the killing of the Lots kids of food and all that. And yeah, yeah. A lot of people think it's the Sim Master. I'm like, it would just—it would just be so stupid. It would be just so so stupid if they—if it is a Sim Master and they've already revealed it in the coming soon trailer. Like, mm-hmm. why? Why would they do that for? It just—it just. It just it would be so out of characteristic for both Moffat and the BBC to do that. I think they they haven't, for memory, and correct me if I'm wrong, they haven't crammed a theory, a red herring down our throats this much. That from what I'm in Doctor Who, I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think it's just, it's been so goddamn obvious that if it is, it's just silly. That it's 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 a master or Missy or whatever. I don't think it'd be silly because it's Not, still within the realm of possibility. It, it makes it sense. Disappointing. I, I, yeah, it, yeah, that's what I mean. It's 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 silly in terms of, you know, everyone thought it, this would be the case. So even even you know in season eight, you know, who was this lady we've we've been seeing? I heard the <laughs> who is master. Missy? Gee, yeah, I, who I know, is. I know. Everyone picked it. I hope everyone it's not like it. that in terms of, you know, the quotes the doctor saying, you know old friend we see like look look if we didn't know and that this is impossible because of freaking the, the way the internet works but if we didn't know yeah. John Sim was going to be in the season I'd be perfectly happy with him being in the vault and just be so goddamn full of emotions but unfortunately that's not the way that that couldn't have happened because one way or another people would have found out but um Mr. Fax what do you think of that tease of an ending I'm, I'm I'm bored with it to be honest. I kind of like I get that the vault's a major thing and like it's gonna come up in somewhere soon or even just at the end of the series. But I'm not interested in what's happening in in the vault at the moment. I'm interested in what the coming soon trailer showed me, which is capacity regenerating. I want to know why he's doing that. I want to know what's causing him to regenerate before. Peter Capaldi, the actor, has actually finished filming. And so, throwing me the vault, and throwing me all these little bits where it's like, oh, is it the master, is it Missy, or is it something else, or some other bullshit, it's like, I'm losing interest. And, I mean, they're little nice bits to add on the end of the episode, so that I'm not getting an episode that's tied off right in the last minute. I'm getting one that's like, done and then you get a little bit of characterization at the end but i still 
unless something's going to happen, I don't really want as much as it's been giving me. Like, give me a vault thing one every two episodes or one every three, not every goddamn episode. So, now, yeah. this, this is a good question. Season nine's arc was heavily, you know, it was under un- underused. It was, you know, it wasn't mentioned as much. Is is now? I'm, I know uh, Mr. Fatka's answered, but do we think the vault's being a bit, you know, overused this this season in terms of reminding us of this arc, or do we think the whole point of it being like a little thing in each episode is okay? Personally, I think it's it's a hard it's a hard line like it's it's a, it's a hard line to to draw because. <laughs> On the one hand, yeah, shut up. Because on the one hand, you have, you don't want to be too vague with your arc, that it's like, oh, right, that was the arc. You know, mm-hmm. you, you want to remember that that's the arc, but at the same time, you don't want to be too on the nose with the arc as well. It's, it's, it's a hard thing. I think so far, I don't, I don't mind, but I, I feel like there needs to be some sort of resolution soon <laughs> because as as, yep. as as he pointed out it will it will eventually get tiring just getting the same tease over and over again with no real progress on of information yeah cuz there there's such thing as too many teasers it's and i feel like i'm yeah i agree i'm worried that they're going to tease us too much and i'm not going to lie for me it's working but after, but after a couple more episodes, I think I'm gonna just be like, okay, I'm just gonna just wait until they actually tell me something. But until then, I'm dozing off at this point. Um, if I may, yeah, just of course. there have been points in previous series where they've alluded to a certain thing happening at the end of the series, and they've done it in a really tight and subtle manner. My favorite usage of this has been with season three. And now how they had the vote Saxon posters and they just say Mr. Saxon or something in dialogue. But you're not paying attention to that. You're just like, oh, this is the current story. And you're just sort of going over it. And so you hear the name Mr. Saxon and you'll see the posters vote Saxon. But it's not registering because they're not the focus of the shot. And when you can sort of hide it within the frame, within what is on the television but not make it the point of attention. And you do that throughout the series in just little tiny little bits, and you build that up enough, then you're going to have a spectacular payoff. And I'm worried that this is just going to be, well, another Series 8 Missy sort of thing. And it's like, mm. I'm bored of it. I'm worried of <laughs> that. Because season eight, season 8 is, for me, a, a weaker season. I uh, hope in terms of arcs, they don't nerf that at all. But well, okay. So mm. this is a good example, right? So you say series three, and I agree. Series three is probably one of the best in terms of of being subtle with the story arc, but you still know it's there in a way. But then mm-hmm. you've got something like series four. Series mm. four really didn't have an arc until the end of the series. Where, oh, all these lost planets now we're all connected. Mm. I'm like, how were we supposed it to? Was... How was... Yeah, how how are we supposed to know that that was going to be what the story arc is? You've really given us no indication of being otherwise. Also, the whole, the bees are disappearing. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's so stupid. It's so stupidly hilarious, you take that back. No, it's so, so I stupid, it's, hilarious. it just it's just stupid. Work. Yes, I'm sorry, I'm very protective over, over Series 4. 
please ignore like, um, anything I say. But then you've got something like Series Eight, Series Eight, where it's just bits of Missy over and over again with no real substance to the <laughs> to the appearances. So as I said, it's it's such a fine line. I hope that this series does it well. I just I want this to be a good. I just want this to be a good arc with a good payoff. Um, yeah. I, I would like to mention just we'll talk about series four in a minute, <laughs> but I I reckon what series four was doing was similar to what series seven did in how it picked up a lot of things from previous series, just like tiny, like literal one-liners, and just built upon that. And you had the little bits where Rose popped up. I think she popped up in, like... She popped up in Partners in Crime. There was another episode, and then she popped up again. Yeah. Oh, it was... Yeah, it was Midnight. Midnight, I think it was. I think, was it the unit one, or, like, where she appears on the screen for a bit? Mm, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's just tiny little bits, but um, I do agree that season four was a use of a story arc was a little bit less present than... Like, a little bit less subtle, but more obvious, in a sense. Like, it was vague, but obvious. And that's, that's for me, that's when it can be get get really bad but anyhow back to you Ringo back to me okay is that all the um so I've discussed we've gone on a tangent holy crap okay yes we have so you guys positives on knock knock do you have any thing that you've um, got on your notes to yeah I've definitely, got, I've definitely got a couple they're a bit um, okay. lead the way Connor well I mean, okay Nick. so David Suchet is obviously the big positive but mm-hmm. my point is that one great performance doesn't necessarily mean the episode itself is great. You know, just just because it's a fantastic performance doesn't mean that that excuses the rest of the story. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so David Suchet, just brilliantly creepy throughout, but then, as you pointed out, it was so tragically sad, and I believed every second of it, I too nearly got emotional, because I'm a heartless person, I don't actually get emotional, but I nearly got emotional <laughs> um, at the end there. Um, uh, I like the con- the recurring theme of the Doctor not looking old enough to be Bill's grandfather. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, that was good. <laughs> it was a great line. <laughs> um, uh, I love Bill's comments about the Time Lords and the Doctor's remarks about them having big collars. Which just makes me want to have those old classic <laughs> Time Lords again. <laughs> with their big mm. giant egos. <laughs> um, See, so where you disliked the opening montage of Bill's friends trying different houses, I personally thought it was fine. But upon reflection, it it's a bit jarring. <laughs> yeah. I will admit that now. It is a bit jarring. It's not terrible. I just didn't think... I think it, it could have been pulled off. On first watch, though, I really did enjoy the opening montage. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea of the title as a removal service. Yes. <laughs> such that was a so smart. Idea. Um, <laughs> and you guys were talking about before with um, the, the characters, be, the, the side characters being a bit boring. I liked Harry. Harry was the one I definitely uh, resonated with the most, and I feel like 
while there weren't really wasn't much to him, I think the the way he was performed definitely brought me into his character more than I expected to. So, whoever, whoever played Harry, I give you a thumbs up. Colin Ryan is his name. <laughs> so what so was it? C- Colin Ryan. You can thank him. Yep, Colin Ryan. Good well, job. See, I, I personally resonated with you know Paul. I think you know. Hitting on lesbians <laughs> is a real challenge, and he was just told—he was just told us straight up, you know. I don't really, you know, I started going for girls. He's like, "Oh, all right then." I feel like you know, if I had to resonate with someone, easily, easily, Paul, poor guy. Okay, but sorry, that was it's bad. It's so, <laughs> so weird though because Paul, like, I like the way Paul's humor is great, but I feel like his character was only there just to reinforce the fact that Bill is gay. That's it. <laughs> Like, he, he flirted with her on the first day. The first day of the kill. <laughs> they had know. just met, right? And he's like, oh, he, he, he likes you. I'm like, when was this established? <laughs> There's been no prior connection. Just just Paul being a flirt. <laughs> um, well, and I feel it, like that... Sorry, what was that? Well, Doc, it's like lightning. It just strikes you. Please, Marty. <laughs> Uh, fair enough, but um, yeah, that's why I didn't really. I like. I just I like Paul's humor, but in comparison, I feel like Harry was the. Obviously, the I was making a joke. Sorry if you're going to us into a speech about Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I was making a, a hit-on joke. God. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Um, Nick. I'm just trying to think. Uh, that's about it for me in regards to positives. That's, that's three. I came up with three. Just <laughs> uh, the facts. facts. Alright, so I'm not going to go over Suchet's performance or like the plot or anything because I think that's been discussed enough. But, <laughs> He's um, a god. I, I do really like how the, how the dynamic between Pearl, sorry, not Pearl, Bill and the Doctor sort of went throughout this episode where he's sort of being a bit like he's imposing and as someone who has just moved out this year of my own i'm now in my own home i'm not with my parents anymore i quite resonated with bill and it was like okay i i want some space you know you're like a guardian technically a teacher to me and so having you come in and sort of do your thing amongst my friends in my house feels a bit weird and the way how it was sort of like it's my granddad and then he's like oh father at most and everything it was like (laughs) you're just sort of watching just going like you're really conceited aren't you but it's just like a bunch of humor and stuff and like awkward janky sub um conversations between the two and i really liked how that played out And I liked how the Doctor was in the broom closet, sort of like with his Sonic and like a lantern and everything, and just being like, oh, hi. (laughs) He's sort of just so in the middle of what he's doing and so dismissive of everything else. He's just like, oh, you're here. Um, As well as sort of the little mix thing that happened earlier, that was quite cute. And I liked how he's sort of like, relating with the kids and everything learning the lingo and it's like that's something that i feel because 
I'm often quite old amongst my age group, but I'm also quite young in terms of like how I try to play off as, you know, I'll be hanging around with, this is actually going to sound really creepy, but hang around with some of my friends who are like two, three years younger than me, and I'll be like, yeah, what's up, guys? Like, finger guns and everything, and not understanding that. And I quite liked how that's where the Doctor went, and how you have this really awkward relationship between the Companion and the Doctor, but everything else is fine. Like, all the other characters are like, oh, okay. And then the companion's just like, I know this dude, what the fuck is he doing here? Uh, and yeah, and uh, speaking of like the other characters with Eliza, I really liked how off-putting her makeup was. It was like the traditional Hallmark BBC kind of B-grade cosmetics and everything, but it was still jarring to like sort of go, that's a human being, but also made of wood. And, um, yeah, that, that scared me a little bit, but not as much as I think Ringo was scared of the bugs. Mm-hmm. On a final note, um, I loved the little bit of music they played right at the end of the vaults scene, where it's just the piano's playing and it stops, and then it's like, <laughs> also some kids died, and then the piano plays back again, and it's just that kind of musical editing and syncing up with the sort of pausing of the character speaking and whatnot is, oh, it's beautiful. I loved it. Do you know the best thing about that scene actually is, though? The music that she plays is Pop Goes the Weasel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is about kids dying in the plague. Exactly. <laughs> which is, it's just so brilliant. <laughs> I didn't notice on the first watch, but on the second watch, I'm like, wow, that's a great musical reference. Exactly. That's why I love it. So yeah, that's kind of my thoughts summarised in very weird explanation and kind of incomprehensible dialogue. Can I just say, though, the, that Eliza reminded me a lot of the Wood King and Queen from The Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. And that's never mm-hmm. a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> they were the greatest films of that season, don't you dare. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that dodgy. eventually, but... Oh, we will. Um, but all yeah, right. I don't know. Is that all for for Knock Knock? Actually, I do have one more point. Alrighty. Why don't teenagers ever read the contracts before signing them? Ever? (laughs) Oh, that's not accurate, trust me. Um, You know, they're pretty much going, oh, this is what children are like, or teenagers or anything. It's like, no, no, no. We know well ahead of time that you need to read the contract in every sort of form of capacity. So... (laughs) Yeah, it's a bullshit representation. Yeah, I was like, that, that's not true. As a teenager, like, a couple of years ago, I was like, no, I don't believe that for a second. But it's always in these, always in these horror stories where they don't read the contracts or they just somehow miss the obvious, you know? It's just... This entire episode hinges on the fact that those people are idiots. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, I got nothing else. All right. Mr. Fax, is that all on Knock Knock? That is all, Ringo. Okay, that is all for Knock Knock. Now we shall move on to the best of Series 4. Alright. I'm going to cue a little... Okay, now, Series 4. So, I'm going to (laughs) reveal... I'm going to say right now, right here... (laughs) Shut up, shut up. I'm I'm doing anything. Alright, Series 4. 
I'm gonna say it right now, right here. Series four is my favorite series of Doctor Who. Don't ask why. I have many reasons. Donna's the main one. Um, so before, without further ado, the order for today is nickname, me, Woo! and then Mr. Fax. Yeah. So that. Oh, this is <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a, a throwback to what I believe was our first order. Yeah, it was. It oh, was. Right. Yes, it if, was. So we are currently. But the three of us, I don't think you can get much variety. <laughs> so, Mr. Nickname, without further ado, what is your first nomination for the best episode of Doctor Who um, Series 4? Well, my first pick is actually an episode with Peter Capaldi in it. <gasps> and Karen Gillan. <gasps> it's the it's midnight, isn't it? <laughs> 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 no, the fires of Pompeii. Um, this is probably where I think a lot of people started to love Donna as a character. I mean, you had the whole dilemma of them showing up at Pompeii the day before um, uh, Mount Vesuvius erupts. And the fact that the Doctor knows this is a fixed point in time and he can't really do anything in regards to changing their fate, but Donna wants to, to try and um, unsuccessfully <laughs> uh, rescue people from the volcano. Um, Peter Capaldi is just fantastic as Caecilius. Just <laughs> he's <laughs> the way he acts when he first has the TARDIS. I'm just like, it's it's so weird now upon looking like looking back now, like thinking that. This is Peter Capaldi, not as the Doctor, touching the TARDIS. Um, and then it's so, again, it's so weird looking back on Karen Gillan playing a soothsayer before she becomes Amy Pond. I know it's not within, like, it, it's happened in the past of actors playing other characters before becoming companions or Doctors, but it's just, it's so weird knowing that it's happened to two people within, the, within five years. It's just, even though, like, how do I put this? It's also weird because the the main bad guy, the the one with his arm um, in stone, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Well, that's the, that's the cabbie from uh, Sherlock. And every time I go back to watch that episode, I just laugh just at how that role basically end, end up him getting into uh, Sherlock. Because it's 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 so weird. Like, because if you look at if you watch his role in in Doctor Who, he's very pantomime. Yeah. But he's he's so straight faced in in Sherlock that it's it's almost jarring, but it's brilliantly jarring. Um. The the plot itself yes. isn't too fantastic, but I do like the resolution and the fact that um, <clears throat> the Doctor has to inadvertently cause the volcano to erupt in order to save the rest of the world but at the expense of killing millions like the doctor does commit genocide in this episode <laughs> he kills he kills a, a fair amount of people in this episode but it's, it's just glossed over um but at the end donna chooses uh, it ends up helping the doctor realize to at least save some people and that just happened to be peter capaldi so you know that's that's not a bad not a bad win there, um, yeah. It's 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 just a fun episode, and I feel like this was definitely Donna's 
defining episode in the series. So, my pick's The Fires of Pompeii. Okay, now it's my turn. I agree with what you said about Donna's defining moment. Now, I'm going to... Uh, my, my choice is what I think showed off Donna and why she's the best companion on the show. My pick goes to turn left as the best episode of series four. Yes, yeah, so... The reason why I like Turn Left, uh, for many reasons, I think it's, I often groan at the, you know, what if, you know, all this didn't happen thing, but Russell T. Davies does a brilliant job, and he has only one person to think, thank. This episode was heavily riding on Catherine Tate, um, because it was a Doth episode, obviously, and she showed off her acting chops so well on this episode. It was a really fast-paced one, you know, you had it. You had um, this this whole what if scenario covering from the her temp job all the way to her sacrifice to save the world, um, and a single episode we so we we you see what Donna could have been and what she and, and who Catherine Tate is from an entire episode and I just from an entire series, and you know it's such a well paced episode. Donna's amazing, and then we see Billy Piper in it. Um, it just adds a lot of depth, and I love it, and I love it, and I love it. Um, it is, and then, without further ado, the twist at the end, um, the moment Rose appears gets me every single time, um, and then we know that something is up, and what comes is just leads on to the double, and it's just fast, fantastic. Um, but yeah, I think it's got, it's got, it's really interesting episode, Austin Davies, one of his best, in my opinion, um. And it just gives me more things, more good things to say about Catherine Tate. Um, there's a lot in this episode. That, that there's a lot that happens in this episode. So I'm not going to go into much detail, but this is why. But for this reason and many more, mainly being Catherine Tate, Turn Left. This is why I'm nominating Turn Left to be the best of season four. Great choice. All right, I did that, Mr. Fax. Well, what is your choice? My favorite episode of series four and one that i actually have ended up watching probably close to 50 times like i love this episode so much um is the one where the doctor is stuck with a few other people on a cruise to see the sunrise of midnight or not actually voyage of the damned what partners in crime Wait. I said the name already. Jesus know, Christ, keep about. up. Alright. Oh. Midnight. Come on, Jesus, Cruise. keep up. I didn't know didn't know there was an episode called Cruise. Or Sunrise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's midnight. Alright. Yeah. To explain why I like this episode so much is because it puts an unusual spin on the doctor and his relationship with humanity. You basically have them stuck out in this area and as usual the doctor gets on with people and you start to explore their stories and you sort of realize the connection that makes them all human they're all living these strange little lives but they're all trying to live it as full as they possibly can but as time goes on and you see them confined the relationships start to break down and it's where i would put it as the doctor loses faith in humanity and humanity shows its darker side you always get the doctor as being this massive human being or massive being sorry of like 
accomplishment, whether it be for good or for evil. He's always done these grand things. Whereas humanity, always in comparison, is much smaller, but it has this devastating effect. And you see that mimic creature come in and sort of take over that woman, but then take over the doctor. And you see how quickly they turn on him and how much they hate him for being strange. They hate him for being conceited. And this is one of the things is a lot of people love David Tennant's doctor, but he's probably, with the exception of the Valyard, the darkest doctor. Like, he's always this really mean person. Like, he'll be incredibly nice and everything, but he's always like, I'm the clever one. I'm the smart one. I'll save all your lives, but I'm the one that's doing it. And in here, you sort of see him let go of all his niceties. And he becomes not so much someone to help, but someone to get everyone out, including himself. And right at the end... Even after all the mimic happens and you have the hostess sacrifice herself and whatnot, he meets up with Donna and that connection is restored. And he just goes, and it's like, Motto Benny. And she says, Motto Benny. And he goes, Don't. Just don't. That breakdown of relationship between the Doctor and humanity is why it's my favourite episode of season four. Okay. Just the name? What is your second um, pick? My second pick goes to Planet of the Ood. The Ood was this very obscure character introduced in the Impossible Planet Satan Pit. And they were definitely um, glossed over characters, but their first major outing is just. It's such a fun episode. The idea of slavery... <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I never really thought I'd say an episode about the slavery could be deemed fun, but there you go. That's now <laughs> on the record. <laughs> um, I like the the, white, the interactions between the, the Doctor and Donna in this episode, and the, and the realisation that um, the things aren't always as clear-cut as they could be. Like, you had the the Pompeii episode, which we should have talked about, where you have this moral the morality crisis, but this one's probably even more prominent of that. Um, and Donna r- sees the way that Ood are treated, and she, the part my favorite part of this episode is the bit where the Doctor and Donna are um, are locked up, and she wants to hear what the Ood are singing, and it's. It's it's beautiful, but it's so sad, and she can't handle it anymore. And the doctor says he can hear that all the time. That, as much as I dislike, well, I don't dislike, but as much as I have problems with with um the tenth doctor, that was probably one of his best best moments. Um, also, it's always nice to see a businessman get his comeuppance. <laughs> I expressed that thought last week with Thin Ice, but. Once again, the the guy ends up turning into an ood, hilariously so. But it's still it's still great to watch. Um, yeah, my my second pick goes to Planet of the Ood. Alrighty, 
had a look through my endless list of fan episodes for this season. Alright. My next one is going to go to... That was my terrible drum roll. I'm so sorry. We're still on Earth. You'll fix up in editing. It's fine. Yes, of course I'll fix up in editing. <laughs> I'm a pro editor. My, um, my choices are still on Earth, which is the first part of our mega bombastically... Bomb- I said that. Um, insane a-, a double to end this season. Um, I think the Soul on Earth is just a, an example of a brilliant setup. Um, I was just cu- I, I was good to the screen for the entirety of this episode, probably because now if correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not a classic but the Who uh, nerd, but this was the biggest um, this was the biggest collection of of characters since. The, f- the Five Doctors? Am I right in saying that? Yes, mm. I believe so. Okay, the, anyway, this is, if I'm right, the largest gathering of Who characters we've had, and they all just are just on point. I loved it. I, I, I fangirl every time I watch this episode. But I think despite the pleasuring of the, of the Whovians, the, you know, the acting was great. The music, I, 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 the music's always good, but it's particularly in this episode... Murray Gold's just music just worked so much so da- goddamn well um the plot um just I was on the edge of my seat this entire episode up to the, up to the ending which is a fantastic shock and cliffhanger that I ha- that I don't, hadn't seen for some time in terms of Doctor Who but I remember watching this episode let's think I was when I was binging it I was forced to uh head to bed after I watched this one, so I had to do a non-binge act and wait, a, like, you know, a day before seeing the next one, and I was—it's all I was thinking about, just that episode, and oh, this episode just sets up so well, and I just want to go and watch it right now. Um, but yeah, this is why I'm nominating *The Stolen Earth* as my best of series four. All right. Mr. Fax. Okay. What is the second choice? My second nomination is the conclusion of The Soul on Earth in Journey's End. Oh, nice. The reason I love this episode so much is the way it finishes up the story. The way all the characters go home or they get killed or anything. You have the meta crisis with the Dr. Donna. And there are some beautiful, beautiful bits of dialogue, which for someone, for a kid who had issues with self-esteem, this helped, this episode helped me so much. There were, a mom, there was a moment with the, the Metacrisis Doctor, the one that grew out of the hand, where he's just sort of like rambling on, like, I'm a huge complicated space-time fan and everything. And Donna goes, why me? And he goes, you're special. And she's just like, no. I'm not. And he sort of goes, like, he recognises it, and you see the sort of, like, the cog movements as the as David Tennant plays out that character, where he's just sort of like, you really don't believe that. And then you cut to later, where the Doctor's talking with Wilfred and Donna's mum and everything, and is sort of say, you know, for one bright moment and is accompanied by the music by Murray Gold. Jesus Christ, this episode was tearful. But um mm-hmm. where he's like, for one moment, one bright shining moment, 
she was the most important universe in the whole white whole most important woman. Sorry, oh, most important woman. Connor, tune me up. <laughs> How did you screw up that famous line? <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. I'm I mean, living it. I'm up. living I'm it and like it. saying it at the same oh. time. So I'm experiencing oh. the whole episode. Um, but I'm, I'm tuning up now. <laughs> but like, why is why is that, why is that word so sad? Um, but she's like, well, the doctor's saying. For one bright shining moment, she was the most important woman in the whole wide universe. And the mum responds by saying, she still is. She's my daughter. And the doctor cuts back with this super sharp statement of, like, then maybe you should tell her that once in a while. And just having this, like, the doctor was the supreme champion. He was, he lost, he won, he was right, and he was wrong. And I think to have all that in one story and to have him do so much and gain so little, this is why this episode deserved to be at least in the top five of the series, if not top one. Well, I'm just saying, I just have to make a point. It's like, this is also responsible for making one of the best tweets I ever made. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Story I'm time with the sadistic bastard. I'm not going to say it. But... No, no, you're going to say it. You're going to say it right now so everyone knows how evil you are. Go on. Tell the story. <laughs> so, um, I made a tweet that was like, how to break a Hoovian in 17 words. <laughs> and it's basically the part where he's like, where um, uh, the doctor's telling Donna, it's like, oh, Donna, um, we had the, we best, had the best, best of times, the best. <laughs> Don't you <laughs> fucking dare. <laughs> and then he's like, goodbye. <laughs> Stop! Oh, uh, so good. And I made an Italian Hoovian cry. Um, <laughs> Some random Hoovian. I didn't even know this person. Yeah, doesn't even but... care about her. Uh, it's fine. She's Italian. I can't be mean to my own kind. It's fine. Well, you were. <laughs> And then I was such a dick afterwards because I was like, because um, uh, uh, George was like to me, it's like, how dare you say that? And I was like, how dare you? Like, that's like almost like a hate crime. <laughs> and I was like, especially especially if it was Sarah Dollard. Oh. <laughs> I tagged her in the back. And she liked it. And she liked his comments <laughs> without <laughs> seeing that he was the one who said it. It's like, uh. oh. Yeah, that's very funny. Um, uh, actually, before I go into the the next part, uh, my my next pick, I need to tell this story. So, speaking of stuff that may sound slack at the time, but is hilarious upon <laughs> upon reflection. Um, so I go, uh, I end up in the audience for a show called Hoovians. Um, it's a it's a Doctor Who companion piece where these five panelists uh, talk about. Um, they talk about the the episode that's ha- just happened, and um, I've been to all four of these episodes, but um, this one in particular, there's a bit, and they for some reason they kept this in. So there's a lot, there's a bit in the Hoovians episode where he's like, "Is that a sonic screwdriver going off?" <laughs> um, and then he's like, uh, "Make sure to to put your sonic screwdrivers to silent." That was my sonic screwdriver. You're joking. Not even joking. Not <laughs> even joking. That was my sonic screwdriver. So, oh what happened God. was, um, 
I brought my ninth, tenth Sonic, Sonic screwdriver. Um, and the, if you if you know the Sonic screwdriver, you know that you you have you push in the button, and mm. it goes off. But what happened was I was wearing tightish pants, <laughs> and and what happened was I'm not even. <laughs> so my pants had pushed against the button. And it got stuck. And it started playing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And it just started whirring. <laughs> and it went it went on for like three minutes. And we, we, we couldn't figure out where it was coming from. I mean, like, it's in my pants. So even I couldn't hear it. And it was my sling screwdriver. So I was amazed that Rove could hear it. But, um... <laughs> it's a calling. We, have, we, we hear the sound of the TARDIS or a Sonic. And we're all there, like, crazy. Uh, it's just and then, and then it's like sorry guys, and then there's a bit and they don't and they don't actually uh, include it in in the episode in the Hoogies episode, but there's a bit. So what I decided to do to combat this right was I put my Sonic screwdriver on my lap because <laughs> you know it can't go off when it's on your lap, right? And luckily it didn't. But there was a bit where the Rove said something really shocking, right? And I I adjusted my leg. And my sonic screwdriver dropped to the floor. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> and he was like, and a comment was like, "Oh, that was so shocking. He dropped his sonic screwdriver." <laughs> <laughs> they don't include it in the episode, but I just—it was so good. Um, so yeah, I needed to to tell that story just so <laughs> you, you guys can enjoy that. Me being a dick, unintentionally. <laughs> Yay! Now you've done two dickish things. Yay! <laughs> regarding Doctor Who, recently. Okay. Have so, you said your yeah, pick? That definitely went off a tangent there. <laughs> uh, I think it's my turn to yes, pick the episode. Right, okay. So, my next pick goes to Forest of the Dead. Hey! Uh, this is Stephen Moffat's fifth, no, sixth episode. Uh, it's his fourth story, but sixth episode. Uh, basically, it kicks off at the end of Science of the Library, and I hope one of you guys talk about that episode or bring it up. I hope. hope but so um, <laughs> but I like the idea of these juxtaposing stories of Donna being stuck in this world that is wrong, but she's been programmed to not realize it's wrong, and the Doctor's trying to get Donna out of there, but at the same time. The library is going to collapse on itself because Cal's becoming self-aware and River Song's trying to get the Doctor to understand who she who she is to him and he's just being obliviously stupid and doesn't figure it out. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's so good seeing Donna, like, happy. But it's, 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 it's tragically happy. Like, mm-hmm. she's happy, but it's at a cost. The cost is, well, she, she doesn't, it's not real. <laughs> and she has to eventually realize that, but as soon as she realizes that it's not real, everything starts collapsing in on itself as well. So she has to try and get out of that, and <laughs> it's it's a real chaotic mess that uh-huh. ends up with River Song sacrificing herself. Now we were talking about tragic things happening. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is a this is definitely another episode where that happened. Um, but it's weird because upon ref- like. When I originally watched it, I I wasn't really sad because I didn't know who the character was, but upon reflection, 
Like after you you've gone on River Song's adventures and all that, it's it's so sad. Just because you know that this is gonna be her last time, and she's just trying to make the most of it. And yeah, it's the first a cost. time. First time for everything. And I lost exactly. <laughs> That's such a great quote, but that's we're gonna go series five in regards to that, but not now. Um, but yeah, it just if you're after fantastic story, fantastic acting, fantastic music, fantastic emotion, you can't go past Forest of the Dead, in all honesty. So that's why that is my pick. All right, is this this is my turn now, isn't it? All right, sure is. My pick. Is, oh, 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 it's Silence in the Library. Oh, interesting. <laughs> oh, what a shock. <laughs> what, a, what, what a shock to display in this podcast. Okay, no, yeah. Um, my pick goes Silence in the Library. This is, look, I'm not going to, you know, suck him off that stick anymore, but oh my God. He is fantastic. He's, he's sucked a dry already. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I voted for his his story uh, every, every episode so far. But, um, yes, you have. Look. I haven't been, obviously, this is another stick suck to my fat, but I haven't been this horrified, this tense, this turned on, not in that way, like turned on to the, to the show. <laughs> engaged. Let me get, get what I'm trying to say. Like, tur- I really get off engaged, the engaged. engaged. He's married to it. Shut up. He's getting Shut married up. to they, it. That's what's happening. They have feelings too, you know. So you um, sucked off Muffet's stick and you're getting turned on by an episode. You yes. Know? No, I engaged. Fine. I thought turn on would, would have worked, but it didn't. Disengaged oh, since really since blink. So you. Stop. The, stop. Episode me. twelve, the saucy episode. Oh, so much dicks. To oh god. <laughs> All thirteen. <laughs> oh no. I think no. I found my, my cold open. Oh my god. You didn't, Connor. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like. All 12, I didn't know I was so well off. I was like, no, sir, all 13. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I just realised the Someone doctor can go does. back in time and suck his own dick. That's something that could happen. Oh my god. Is that why David oh, this turned... got really x-rated really quickly. Is... No, don't you say that. God, don't you dare say what you're going to say. Is that why David Tennant said new teeth? That's weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've lost my train of thought. Is that why the Tenth Doctor said to Donna, we had the best of times the best? <laughs> That's a little too far. We don't oh, talk about Doctor and Companions. We've had... <laughs> Doctor and the Master. It's relatable. Maybe. It's series four. So wait, when when in when Tennant had ten two, <laughs> would he have just given it a shot? I wonder. I don't think there would have been enough anyway. time. Rose would have been. Ooh, maybe. Rose, <laughs> but Rose would have been interested. Anyway, anyway. Interesting. What what um the Doctor whispered in Rosie. <laughs> oh my god, we are disgusting. Getting back on track. I don't think we can after that, but let's try. Okay. Um, I yes. Yeah, so I, you were sucking. So I haven't been this this scared, this tense, this engaged 
into an episode since Bling, which is another Muffet episode, coincidentally. Oh, it's like a season um, before. But whole year. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Vash and Narada, the, the, the whole count the shadows and all that is just such a great idea. I want to just spend, spend a day like, like on a school excursion in Muffet's brain. Just, just you know, walk around there. You know, Fine, just yeah. ha- have a browse. See, see what's going on there. But, um, no, this is a great episode. It brought us who we now know is something more, but, 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 but back then it was this, this, this lady called Riversong. We don't know who she is. We don't know what her connection is. We're just we're constantly asking the questions. This episode was a lot of questions, you know. Who is River? What is Cal? Why are there a swarm of these Vashinarada thingies? Um, and where's Donna? All these, all these amazing questions. Um, and weirdly enough, I could make, make a point, a specific point in this one. Um, Dave's death in this episode, if you guys can remember this. Um, Which one? It was one of the most shocking deaths. Dave's death, do you remember? Which Dave? The There's Dave. two of them, remember? <clears throat> proper Dave. Proper Dave. No, not other Dave, proper Dave. Okay. It, it was so shocking to me, and there was, no, there, there was no blood, no anything, but the way he had built up these, these, these you know, shadow things, I just think it was, it was one of the most vicious and just jaw-dropping deaths of the Omni Who. I just thought I mentioned that. Um, so, hey, sorry, before you continue, right? Mm-hmm. I honestly think that, um, oh, what's the bimbo's name? Okay, yeah, you got a point. <laughs> her there. death was more brutal because you actually got to see her, like... Yes, that's a good point. I thought she, yeah. I, I thought hers was, you know, as far as bimbos go, it was a standout performance. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, trying to interject there. Continue, sorry. No, I've not much to say. I think the the thing that Moffat and even Davies did at the end of the season was was their their, their doubles felt like they were just both brilliant episodes. And even though they set up well and ended well, I think to have a good double, you need them both to stand out. And I think Science and Library can just as easily be called the best season four than Forest of the Dead can. Um, not sure which way they'll turn, but we'll see what happens. But that is my vote for best of series four. Interesting. Yeah. All right. I thought that, Mr. Fax. Um, Going down to Mr. Fax. What is your next pick? If you have one at all. Yeah, yes, honestly. I mean, I've ordered the bit. entire season in what I think is best or worst, but I don't think I have anything else I want to add as a top pick. So, hmm? yeah, I'd probably say. You guys have put out all the stuff that I put in my top five, so... That is yeah. good to hear. It's <laughs> kind of it. Nick, do you have anything? Miss a name? I was like, well, I have a next pick. It's Partners in oh, Crime. Oh, God. Yay! No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I didn't pick that. <laughs> no, you guys have, you guys have uh, all said the ones that I wanted to say. Um, I just wanted, really wanted to annoy Connor for a second there. And right. it was great. I got what I wanted. So, yep, on to you now, if you have any more. The unicorn and the... Okay, that's it for um, best of uh, <laughs> series. That's it for best of series. Of Christy. How dare you insult Ryder episodes? <laughs> um, the thing is, though, if I'm being brutally honest, I'm just looking through series four. I don't think there's one episode that I actually hated. I'm going to say that. There, there are some that I think weren't as good. But I think it was, a, it was an episode that I just was dreading watching. There, there were no arches yeah, me. There was no fear in it, so that's, there was that's no good. Fear. <laughs> all, all Boomtown. Oh, right, Connor? Fuck off. 
Did it? Did... <laughs> <laughs> Old Lazarus experiment. Anyway, that is the gr- great, fantastic, amazing series four covered. So now let us let us decide on let us vote on what is the best from what we have listed. And we are starting with nickname. What is your awesome. best of series four? Oh, I finally get to talk about this. Okay, so my favorite episode is series four. And it, this is genuinely hard. I, I will put this out there now that there are four, four that I toss up on that could be number one here. Mm-hmm. But Same I thing. couldn't go past a crossover between It's a Wonderful Life and Doctor Who. That being Turn Left. Turn Left, oh my god, talk about an episode that I think changed me as a person. And that is such an odd thing for a show to do, to physically impact me so much that I change my perspective on something as much as I did in this episode. Just, oh my god, Catherine Tate in this episode is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I love this idea of what if the Doctor died or didn't exist? I love this. It's such an idea that I'm amazed hasn't been done beforehand. But it is just so genuinely unique and just so heartbreaking. That That's the thing. This is, a, this is not a happy episode by any means. They want you to feel pain. <laughs> just... From the part where you, you um, they lose their house and then they move to the country and then the the um, uh, I don't I can't remember what 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 language they are. Uh, the people they they move into Elite. they eventually get taken away to concentration camps and work camps. The mother, yeah, but we know what they mean. Yeah. Um, and then the mother like she she just like. She just lost all hope, the mother. Like, I don't really... I think the mother is probably <laughs> the most hateful part of the family, but even you felt sorry for the mother. She just she just didn't know what to do anymore, and Donna just... She, she just was stuck and angry and sad, and Rose came in every once in a while. Like, I've expressed my dislike of Rose, but I didn't mind her in turn left. Like, now, she did you know? didn't play... I'm just interrupting you for a second. Did you know? I, f- I was just browsing through trivias before recording this episode. Billy Piper admitted that she had forgotten how to play Rose, and before doing this, she had to watch past episodes to remind herself, which I thought was interesting. That actually is quite interesting. Just, just, wanted, just wanted to put that out there. Anyway, continue. But, um, <laughs> the thing about Rose is that, yeah, she wasn't really as prominent as she was, she really wasn't that prominent. Like, she'd only be in, like, two-minute segments. She really... She didn't detract the episode from me, which is what I was expecting to happen when I saw Rose on the screen for the first time in Series 4. But, um... um, Yeah, and the fact that Donna has to sacrifice herself to make sure that she turns left and restores the, the past to the way it was. Just... Oh, man. Talk about... Talk about an emotional episode. Just, uh-huh. I can't go past turn left here. It just, I just couldn't. I just could not. So, my best of series four goes to turn left. Alright. Another trivia fact for that episode, since I have a couple for some reason. Donna, we all agree, Captain Tate was amazing. 
But did you know she had the flu while filming that episode? Yes. That is... I couldn't, I couldn't imagine nose. being a goddess while having the flu. Because you can tell, me. like, in, in shots, like, her nose is red, which is... Yeah, I didn't realise... I, sh- I haven't seen this episode for a while, but I didn't realise until I had looked over. I'm like, how do you do that well with the flu? I barely function yeah. with the flu. A lot of oh, she's amazing. A lot of effort. Yep, Connor, have you, have you ever acted with the flu? Um, well, if you remember, I think it was the first day of Skipperino shooting. I think when we were down oh, in St. Oh, that's Kilda, right. I had that's right. some severe allergies mm-hmm. flare up. And you did. it was basically trying to act whilst keeping your nose from running, but at the same time giving the same sort that, of And you did a great job. Thing. But it's like trying to give that same tonal infliction without having your nose blocked, which is the trick, really. And once you do that, mm-hmm. everything's piece of cake. So, yeah. A lot of effort. <laughs> um, uh, Alright, this pick. is me. Yes. I can safely say that I have not sided with Nick again on this one. My my best of Series 4 goes to... Forest of the Dead is mine. Wow. Yeah, a plot twist there, mother truckers. <laughs> Not I will really. tell you. It is another modern episode. Yeah, shut up! I knew that. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> oh no! I'm still sucking off its dick. It's just so good! Okay? <laughs> That's not the response I wanted to hear to that! <laughs> Oh, but that's just... That's great. Well done. <laughs> Sorry. Why is your pick for us of the dead, Ringo? Well, I can't really add to what you said. I just think it's a fantastic episode. I think it's... It just... It makes me so emotionally distraught at the end when Stutter Guy and Donna... Oh... No, but I can actually... That, that's only my reason why I liked it. Um, I just think it's it's fantastic storytelling fantastic monsters and while I love Turn Left I prefer Tenant in an episode that I could call my favourite which is doesn't make sense as to why I picked Blink last season but anyway um, I can't really add to what you're going to add so I'm just going to say it Both of this is my third episode of this season and Moffat had nothing to do with it I'm sure it didn't shut up <laughs> okay uh, now we know what yeah, can't fault that. Mr. Fax chose but off you go. Repeat it for anyone, for the people that don't remember. What is your first pick? Midnight, my friends. And if you want the short version of why I love it, um, humans are fucking assholes in this, and the doctor is an <laughs> asshole, and everything works out terrible for everyone, and it's done beautifully. Uh huh. Yeah. So. Assholes done beautifully. Thank you, Connor. Better Thank than you. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, that leaves us with. Three outstanding episodes, but no definite choice. So, let's move on to round two. Well, I'm going to throw a spanner in the works here. If you say fucking second prime. (laughs) 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 Plot twist. (laughs) I don't even mention any fourth of the nominations, but I'm like, oh yeah, it's the Sontara stratagem. (laughs) No, um... No, my second pick goes to Forest of the Dead for everything that I spoke about. It's just, it adds on Science of the Library 
to the max. <laughs> like, it almost feels like two complete different stories, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it's not. And it just, it works so well. Just, oh my god, I, I really, really cannot really fault Forest of the Dead. It was so close, so close to beating Turn Left here. That's how much I love these two episodes. So, yes, my second pick goes to Forest of the Dead. Well, this is embarrassing. Um, if you say midnight, I'm going to be annoyed. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say midnight. Okay, I'm just going to say it right here. Um, my second favorite episode is Turn oh, Left. God. For all oh the reasons. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Legit. I didn't want to say it last round because I thought I, I didn't want to spoil it. But legit, tossing up between Forest of the Dead and Turn Left, and I went with wow. Forest. Turn Left is Catherine Tate at her best. Uh, it's a brilliant, brilliant episode that shows that that tells Love and Monsters. Sorry, Connor. That Doctor Light episodes work, and with this one they work well, um, as well as Blink. But this is just a such a good episode. Um, and because of how much shit was happening in it, I think it just, it covered so much ground, I thought it was just a, such a well-paced episode. And just, it makes me, it just, um, cements the, the love I have for Donna as my favorite companion, and I think this episode was that. So, Turn Left is my second favorite for Series 4. Wow. Yeah. Plot twist, <laughs> we just had our, our, our one and twos mixed. Oh, God. Mr. Facts, are you going to seal the deal or go... Wait, yeah, no, still the deal? No, I remember what he did. I know what his second pick what is. What is my second pick? I, I forgot. For it. Your second pick, if I'm not mistaken, is The Stolen Earth. Incorrect! Oh! Incorrect. Wow. My second pick is Journey's Sorry. End. Wow, so close though. Oh, that's <gasps> right. Sorry, my bad. I even wrote down Journey's End and I somehow forgot that. But, yep. Journey's End. My bad. The short version Donna is sad, Doctor is sad. Doctor is right, Doctor is wrong, he loses, he wins, <laughs> but the status quo remains the same, and everything was done beautifully. My second pick. You forgot the hand. The, the, the hand is kind of a, like a thing from now, so it's like, that's dealt with. The hand, like, alright, I'll say this. Everyone, give Russell T Davies a hand. I'm currently high five. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's my second pick. Nick? Uh, okay, this is interesting. My mind's, my mind's in the gutter today. Just see what Okay, miss a name. What? Um, <laughs> um, well, my third pick goes to probably the one that creeped me up the most. Yeah, mine goes to midnight. My third pick is midnight. Oh, it's just... shit. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm <laughs> I throw two spanners in the works by picking both of your first picks. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's just such a such a good episode, right? I, I as I said, turn left and Forest of the Dead really 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 close, and then Midnight is just just after that as well because, as you guys pointed out, it's just it's such a good episode that really highlights the flaws with the with the human race and how we aren't this perfect species that everyone makes us out to be we can make mistakes uh fear can easily get the better of us um it's just 
and it's just so well done just in this really claustrophobic area I think really adds to the atmosphere of the episode and that's what's like that's something that really is defining this episode is how atmospheric it is like you mm-hmm. feel as if you're there with them arguing it out uh-huh. <laughs> they just do such a good job um conveying c- conveying how really scary the human race is and for that I can't disagree with Midnight being a number one pick or in this case my number three pick holy cannoli are you ready for my spanner Midnight's my number three yes pick. oh my yes, god yes he comes from behind oh <laughs> now whoa well, well, hang on it hinges hang on it hinges on you, Connor. Now, don't you dare no, change actually, your pick. You it all, to... all first to agree, all three, and then we win. Is that how it works? That's how it's worked in the past. Well, not necessarily. If if you pick turn left, the forest of the dead, they will win. Um. Well, I haven't. So. <laughs> Just to okay. Pick. Well, then there you well, go. Tell us. Tell us what is your third Stop pick, and then we'll descend. The Stolen Earth is your third yes. pick. Oh, okay, so close. Midnight is the winner. Yeah. Best of Series 4. Clap, clap. It's not a Moffat episode. Thank God. We've gotten so much shit for that. Yay! Yes. Yeah, as I said, I can't fault Midnight being, uh, uh, yeah. being the, the best of this series. I just... I couldn't... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so good. Honestly, I would have preferred one of the, the other two that we did say, but I can't fault Midnight. And to think, this one. to think, for me, two and three, and for... Nick one and three, midnight and turn left were filmed at the same time, just because of you know time restraints. Now both just such good episodes, just blows me away. Um, yeah. Anyway, yay! Oh, wow. Connor's first yeah. pick gets a win. Same with, same with last season as well, but that was you know that was a gift. That, yeah, was, that was unanimous. So that does that was count. easily unanimous. We couldn't even argue against Blink, but yay! Okay. <laughs> Oh right. man, I'm just looking at the series four specials, and I'm like, it's definitely going to toss up between two. So that's going to no, be interesting. Sorry, it's like there are five, and we may as well talk about all five next week because there is only five. Yeah. But yeah, I'm genuinely intrigued to see which will prevail. Uh huh. All right. Well, yeah. unless you guys have anything else to add about series four or any of the sorts, that has that's a wrap up of today's episode. So, uh, thank you all for listening, but before we do close, Nickname, where can people find you on the social internets? Uh, you could find me on Twitter at nquest63, you can find me on Facebook, Nintendo Quest, um, we also have a Facebook page, Bigger on the Inside, uh, do check it out, because I'm the one that's responsible for uploading all the episodes to there, do check them out. Uh, I do mm. put some effort into that page. <laughs> some. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, apart from that, or also I have a YouTube channel, um, nickname, good luck finding it. <laughs> <laughs> I should point out, my, my, my channel's not called nickname, good luck finding it, it's just nickname, I just, I'm very self-deprecating, <laughs> and I know it's such an obscure thing to see, so, yeah, nickname, I upload a lot of Uncharted videos. Go check those out if you can. All right, Mr. Fax, where can people find you? Oh. Being an idiot, passing through, learning. Yes. 
<laughs> that makes I, sense. I'm at Twitter at C underscore ST underscore M, and I am on Instagram at CO underscore ST underscore MA. Those are my main things. If you find me throughout the street and you recognize my face, God help you, because that shit turns people to stone. Um, otherwise, it's been a pleasure. Look who's sucking my face. Anyway, um... <laughs> what? You want to make... What? what? I know, I know, I know. I, I, I'm not above this myself. I'm just having a look at your, uh, your profile picture on Twitter, Mr. Fax. And I'm thinking back to day... Oh, day two of Skipperino. Yeah. When you and you and Hannah just start going smashing, <laughs> just out of nowhere, smashing. and it was the funniest smashing. thing. Smashing. Oh, look, I'm a little froggy. Smashing. <laughs> um. Okay. As for my boring self, you can find me um sleeping at school every day. But if not, if you're that's too, a bit creepy. That is a bit creepy. I know. If if you see me at school, then I gotta call somebody. Um. Gcap42 on Twitter and Blackwood Films on Facebook for all those shenanigans. And as as nickname said, big one inside our Facebook page where stuff is posted. Um, so yeah, that does it for this episode of Big On Inside. Next episode we'll be discussing Oxygen and the best of the Series 4 specials. It's a limited round, round up, so it's going to be interesting to see what is chosen. But until next time, Ringo out. Nickname out. Geofax out. <laughs> <laughs>